Welcome to Sister to Sister. This is the place where we have conversations about real experiences of what it's like to be Black in America. And I'm really excited today to have someone with me who I love and who I know that you're going to love as well. C. Simone Rivers is an incredible woman. She is a certified speaker and coach. She's quite accomplished. She's with the John Maxwell team. She's an MBA graduate, a Psyche facilitator, a TEDx speaker, something that uh, many of us aspire to, an international best-selling author. Uh, she's affectionately known as the Yum Yum Ambassador. She's the mother of two kids, and really, she's got personal experience on three continents as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, and as a friend. So I'm so excited to have you here, Simone, to share your experience of what it's like to be you in America now. So thank, thank you so you. much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having the conversation. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, I always, you know, when I use the word white privilege, it often gets, it often gets people's feathers ruffled because there's lots of noise right now around um, white fragility, which is a book I'm reading. Right. And the mm -hmm. truth is, very good, book. very good book. And the truth is, you don't know that you're privileged when you're privileged. You just don't know. Um, I, w I watched a TED talk recently with a, a woman who was recently a transsexual, who was a white man for 52 years. And mm. he could not, he said, if you would have ever told me that I had male privilege, white male privilege at that, I never would have believed it. But now that I'm a woman, he reiterated story after story after story of how he was treated clearly differently that he could not see when he was wearing a man's body. So that's the, that's the reality that I wanna be able to share. And I am so honored, Simone, that you said yes to coming here and sharing your experience. And I don't take it lightly. I know that every time you have to share an experience that was, you know, that was an example of what it's like of being black in America, not in a good way, you know, it's like scratching a wound. So I, I honor you and respect you and thank you so much for being here. I appreciate that. You know, as you were, as you were talking about this gentleman who, who had a TED Talk, I was thinking about privilege itself and why would that word um, bother people so much. And I thought about my own childhood just now. Um, I grew up in, a, in, a, in the first black incorporated town in the United States. It's called Eatonville. Um, and I was bused from my home to a private school where I was the only black girl in the school, Northside Christian Academy. And I remember going past these houses, like we would leave my neighborhood and I would see these beautiful homes in Maitland and they would have the, the sprinkler on. And I was thinking, oh my God somebody's going to get in trouble. They left the water on because you didn't do that at my house. <laughs> you did not leave the water on at my house if the water was running. So when I think about how I grew up and the fact that um, owning a home meant more to my mother than anything, and the fact that she sent me to a private school when there were days when we didn't have running water and electricity, I was privileged above all my brothers and sisters, above the people in my neighborhood, I was privileged to have that opportunity. And I knew it. 
I knew it. People let me know I knew it. I didn't, um, I didn't have to, to disrobe in order to feel that. So the fact that there are people who have these experiences and, and they don't get that they are privileged, um, it baffles me. It baffles me. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You, you knew you were privileged because you could clearly see the difference. The purpose of this conversation is to show those of us who can't see it, what it looks right. like, what it looks right. like. I'll tell you, and it, something that shocked me when I was talking to my niece, who's uh, 28 years old, almost 28, and I told her that I was going to be doing these conversations with people to really shine a light on what it's like. She said to me, you know, when I started working at a major retailer when she was in college, so this would have been eight years ago, right? Seven years ago. She said, part of my training was the manager whispered to me almost, watch out when black people come in, follow them and make sure they don't steal anything. That's really funny. You know why that's funny to me? And I, I really mean funny because I worked for a major retailer when I was young. And do you know, the average shoplifter is a middle-aged white woman? Yeah, I'm, surpri I'm not surprised. <laughs> that is a fact. The average shoplifter is a middle-aged white woman. But I do understand this pervasive thought because when I go to the store, I, I might have shared this publicly before. I lived in Germany for a long time, for a long time, more than a decade. And I didn't experience a lot of things while I was there, but I, I would come home in the summer times and go to the mall. And, and I remember when I was a little girl, my mom told me that, um, you know, we would shop at JCPenney. There was a, the Winter Park Mall. We would shop at JCPenney, but I couldn't go to Ivy's. Ivy's is like today it would be Dillard's, I guess, or Bloomingdale's maybe. And she said, I did, we didn't belong down there. And, and my mom is in uh, approaching 90. So I didn't really understand it. I didn't really understand it. And it bothered me because I wanted to go. And as I be, when I became an adult and I made my own money, I, I went to the store and it was no different. But then I noticed when I came back from Germany, I went to Neiman Marcus. It was Neiman Marcus. I keep saying it was Nordstrom's, but it was not Nordstrom's. It was Neiman Marcus. And I saw this Ferragamo shoe that I really wanted. And I'm walking in the store and I'm so used to people saying hello to me. I'm that person. Um, I, I'm an extrovert. If you don't say hello, I'm going to say hello to you. That's just my way. And I was invisible. I was completely invisible. And one thing that I, that I don't do is I, I don't go to the mall in a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt. I, I can't do that. I have to dress up to go to the mall. I have to dress up to go to Neiman Marcus, or I might not even make it in the store. People don't even notice that. But I, I remember going into the store, I had on all things designer, because that's what I have to do in order to be, in order to get any kind of attention in that store. And still, I saw woman after woman of a lighter hue walk in the store. Hi, ma'am, how are you today? Can I help you? No one even said hello to me, and I felt really bad. And there was this young girl, young white girl, who was a sales clerk there. And um, I tried to get her attention, and she did not pay attention to me. But I saw the shoe, and I wanted this shoe. And I remember just going ham over the shoe and 
being careful to say I wanted in a 41 because Americans don't know that, the, you know, I knew the European size. So, so I would kind of disconnect myself from what she was doing. And I let my credit card fall out of my purse and all the stuff. And then all of a sudden she was happy to help me. I bought the shoe. It's a very expensive shoe. And three days later, I took the shoe back. And I told her that she shouldn't judge me by my skin because she didn't want to have a conversation with me at all until she knew that I was going to buy that shoe. She just completely ignored me. And that feeling, I, I can't even express it um, with my vocabulary. It was as if I just didn't matter in my whole life. That's all I've wanted to do was to matter to the people I come in contact with. If I do something wrong, fine. But I was just a patron. So your niece working in the store got it all wrong. Whoever told her that the average shoplifter isn't me. It isn't me. I know that's what the news would have you believe. That's what the matrix would have you believe, but it isn't me. Right. That's the truth. That's the truth. And I'm not even, I'm sure it wasn't part of the company policy. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't written mm -hmm. in a manual mm -hmm. anywhere. And I'm saying this is not in Mississippi or Alabama or a Southern. It was in South Florida, which is like being in New York or Wisconsin. Right. So, yeah. And that experience, you shared that experience with me in the past. And I was like, you know, I absolutely hear you. When I walk to a major store like a Neiman's or a Macy's, I can't get them to leave me alone. <laughs> I, I can't I walk through hey you want to try this one do this hey lady can I help you you know I don't want and you know it's so funny because this whole issue of being in the store I never noticed I never realized obviously because I'm in my own white space but I was having a conversation in a training class and I, I mentioned this to you that um, one of the things I talk about is when you introduce yourself to people uh, it's you, it's use a better word than I help people do their taxes or right. I help people because mm -hmm. most of us don't really want help. The word help makes, you know, is you askew help usually. No, 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 right, I'm fine. Right. Or, Oh, I'm just looking. And I have to say that I was doing this class and Luana Bradford, again, one of my friends and a woman of color said to me, you know what, that's true for white people. But when I walk into a store, when they say, can I help you? I feel like I'm finally being seen. Exactly. You see me. You see me. You, you want me here. Exactly. Never exactly. occurred to me. Exactly. And it, it, it's, um, it's not, it's every store. It's not, I mean, I talk about Neiman's, but <clears throat> I don't shop there now. And I, I choose to, um, to spend my money with people who want my money. Right. But it's not just that store. It's, it's, it's every store. And I used to think, or I choose to think that it's because I'm a woman. So let's say I'm in, I'm in a, um, a Best Buy or, or a store like that. Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She wants a TV. She doesn't know. And, and, and I get the same, I have the same exact experience. However, I have quite a few white friends. And when I go with them, I'm like, hey, I want you to do this for me and see what happens. And, and I'm doing, you know, testing right there in front of them. And they're like, wow, I can't believe that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a blinder that you don't get to experience. And that's all a part of your privilege. It really is. Yeah, 
I, I, I know. I hear you. And I thank you for sharing that story because we don't, I didn't see it until Luana pointed it out to me. When I was in corporate America, I was in my early 30s and I was a manager and I was a part of a team who would decide who would get promoted next. And there was a woman that got passed over time after time after time. Anna Thomas, if you're watching, you changed my life because when I had to tell her for the third time that she wasn't getting promoted and explain to her the why, it was so enlightening when she said to me, you know, the person you promoted does that too. And she does that too. And the one you promoted before was that does that too. She said, you mm. cannot see that the reason I'm not getting promoted is because I'm black. You cannot see it. And I was like, I just took it on, right? I didn't hold on to my position that that's not true and there's no such thing. And I didn't hold on to that. And that's the thing here is for those of you who are actually taking the time to watch this, I invite you to just let go of your position right now. And instead of telling me why it's not true and why it's not happening, just take it in. That's it. Just take it in. And that's what this series is about. You know, my, um, my word, I, I choose a word every year to focus on for, um, for myself. And my word for the year is available. And one of the things that that word has done for me is made me available to everybody's emotions. I don't, I don't, have, to ex I don't have to take them on, but at least I can hear them. And that's what I appreciate about these conversations. Because if you just put a wall up and don't even bother to listen, no change can happen. No change can possibly happen. But if you would just allow yourself to hear, just hear my side of the story. You know, I was always taught I had to be 10 times better than anybody walking. You know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make a B in school. I got to make an A. I, um, I couldn't do this much. I have to do this much. And that was in every job I've ever had. It's even in my in my in my entrepreneurial pursuits. I have to do more. I have to do more. I I feel like I have to offer ten times more in order to be considered equal. And I remember as a young girl, um, I would hear people in my community say, "You know, my ice is just as cold as Mr. Charlie's." And Mr. Charlie was the white man up the street. And okay, I'm gonna buy ice from this person, not this person, because it's not gonna be as cold. So. Just being open to the conversation is when the change starts. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I appreciate your story. I appreciate your open heartedness. And um, thank you. I see you, my friend. Hmm. I see you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you all for being with us. And we'll be back again next Tuesday with another story from another one of my fabulous sisters. I'm so lucky I have so many beautiful women in my life to share these stories and to support all of us in seeing what we just don't see. So thank you, Simone. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.